Imagine that you're sitting down with a friend of yours, just having a conversation. You like talking with your friend. You talk about this and that. You talk about your plans for the weekend. It's just something that you do. Now, this time, something different happens. The conversation takes a more serious turn. As the conversation goes along, you've learned that this friend who's been going through some hard times, tough times that they've told you about, is now at a crossroads. They've come to a point where they need to make a choice about something, and you can tell as they keep talking that they're leaning towards going away, which would have them go farther from God's design for life. Still, you're their friend, and even though it seems like they might have already made up their mind, they want to hear your perspective on this situation. So in your head, you're thinking, if I tell them actually what I think, what God's design for life is for this situation, well, chances are they're not going to like it. You don't know what's going to happen. You might be risking your friendship by speaking the truth in them, by declaring that you follow Christ in life and that you trust in Him. So will you declare what your friend needs to hear? Or will you remain silent? Even though you didn't see it coming, you now are at a crossroads. Simon Peter found himself at a crossroads on that early Friday morning after Jesus had been arrested in the garden. This couldn't be how it was all supposed to happen. Jesus, this same Jesus, Peter's teacher, was the one that he and the other disciples had confessed to be the Christ. So how could he be arrested? How could he be taken away now at the high priest's house for some kind of trial? Only a few days earlier, Jesus had been welcomed into Jerusalem by the crowds in a manner that was befitting a victorious king. It didn't make sense. Peter had tried to fight for Jesus, but that didn't work out. And so the brave disciple followed his teacher at a distance, under cover of darkness. And then, there in the courtyard is when his night went from bad to worse. Peter sat there in the courtyard of the high priest's house with others who had gathered around. They might have been waiting like Peter to see how this unusual situation was going to play out. Or possibly they were just there as household servants, those waiting for further instructions and orders from the people who'd gathered inside. But either way, they began to take notice of Peter. Sitting there, gathered around the light of the fire, a household servant saw Peter's face in the light and recognized him. His cover was blown. So the brave disciple, he panicked. And the hour of Jesus' enemies becomes the hour in which Jesus is denied. At the crossroads of denial and declaration, Peter made his choice. When it comes down to it, Peter acted out of fear. I mean, the denials make sense if you think about it. 
As we heard last weekend, just a short time before when Jesus was arrested in the garden, this same Simon Peter cut off a man's ear. And now, he was in that man's master's house. So why wouldn't he want to keep his identity a secret? It's probably not the best idea to be where he is right now. So look at what Peter does when his identity is revealed. First, he denies knowing Jesus. Then he denies any association with his fellow disciples. And finally, he makes a broad denial of having any kind of relationship or even having any knowledge of the situation at hand. As the strangers gathered around, Peter keep on telling the truth. Peter lays lie upon lie. And they're not even all that believable. As somebody from up north in Galilee, Peter would have had an accent that the people could have heard. It's kind of like somebody with a thick Boston accent coming down here to D.C. and pretending that they were going to be a local. Those are some wicked good half-smokes. It doesn't work. And who would believe somebody from Galilee doesn't even know of Jesus, the region's most famous son, there in Jerusalem? But Peter was afraid. I mean, who would get hurt by his denials? It's not like Jesus would ever know, right? Even as the words of Peter's emphatic final denial are still echoing off the walls of the courtyard, Jesus, who knows everything that has been transpiring, turns and looks intently at his denying disciple. And that's when it hits Peter. That's when he realizes just what he had done. Jesus had even told him that he was going to deny him earlier that evening as they were all together at their last supper. But Peter didn't understand Jesus' words. He didn't believe them at that time. But now it is that same word of the Lord that comes and convicts him, that calls him to repentance. Caught in the wave of remorse for what he had done, Peter wept bitterly. He made the wrong choice there in the courtyard, and it crushed him. At the crossroads between denial and declaration, how often have you and I followed in Simon Peter's path? Let's just call it out. We've been afraid. Declaring Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, it risks the experience of suffering, rejection, loss. We don't want that. Isn't it better to keep quiet instead of saying something that would set you apart, that would make you look foolish, that could damage a relationship? We've been sent as witnesses out into the world. But often we remain silent. We don't say what we should, when we should. So between our reluctance to speak the truth in love 
and our willful deafness and blindness to the brokenness of the world around us, we have not been what God has called us to be. Like Peter, we've denied our identity. And worse, we've denied Jesus. Jesus didn't leave his denying disciple in despair. That's the best part of this story. Because a few days later, after Jesus had died, after his resurrection, he went to Peter and the other disciples and found them on a beach. Jesus called Peter back, even though Peter, the rock, had turned his back on his teacher. Three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Matching Peter's denials. And then he sent his disciple to feed his sheep and his lambs. Jesus restored Peter, giving him the strength to go on to declare God's love in Christ for all the world. And Jesus calls you back too. God declared his love for you by sending his son to live for you, to die for you, to rise for you. As Peter would go on to write to the church at large, his fellow Christians, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus came into the world so that you may be his own. You don't have to hide in the cover of darkness. You don't have to deny Jesus or deny your identity as a child of God in Christ. Declare it. One of the hymns that we'll be singing this weekend calls us Christians to stand up, stand up for Jesus. As Germanic Lutherans, oftentimes we do that sitting down. But this is a call. This is a call to declare Jesus as Messiah in your words and in your actions. Make no mistake, this is not about being preachy. This is not about telling other people what they should do or shouldn't do as if you were better than them. Because you're not. Simon Peter wasn't. Instead, Standing up for Jesus means following him through the crossroads of denial and declaration. Remembering that the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all those who believe. Even though we might face fear, even though we might risk rejection, the gospel is there for you and for all people who need to hear it. Standing up for Jesus is about living a life that follows him, listening to and in those times when you are called to do so, counseling others with God's instruction. Think back to that conversation that you'd be having with your friend, the one who might be leaning towards a choice that would lead them farther away from God's design for life. You're there at a crossroads. Jesus is there too because you are a part of the body of Christ. Take a stand. Speak the truth in love. Say what needs to be said for your friend in their time of need. It might be scary. Such things often are. 
But as Simon Peter experienced, nothing can move anyone outside the reach of God's love. In that moment, he is reaching them through you. Don't be silent. Stand up for Jesus and declare God's love in Christ. He is calling the world back into his open arms. Amen.